Hallelujah. You know, take that a little further. You know, uh, my nature is kind of like Paul's to some degree. My desire for you is that you grow up in, in the fullness that he has for you. I'm driven with that so much sometimes for the body of Christ to come into the fullness and the rest and all that. And when I hear stuff going on somewhere else that's contrary to that, my hackles go up and I feel like I got to do something. And he told me the same thing. He said, nah, it's okay. You don't have to do a thing. Just chill out. And it's hard to do. It is. Isn't it, John? Just chill out. I can handle it. So you know what it did? It gave me peace back. Sometimes I lose my peace when I see church people doing things, how do I say that? Religiously, that's hindering them instead of helping them. You know, and keep my mouth shut. But you know what? I'm not the sheriff of the kingdom. Neither are you. Hallelujah. So we just walk in the spirit. And we don't have to straighten all these people out. All we have to do is love them. Amen. That's a lot, isn't it? Just love them. You know, Alan and I was talking a while ago. He's been having some problem with vertigo, and I have been having some problem with vertigo. I don't know what's going on. Is anybody else out there having a problem with vertigo? Just when I'm walking? Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going on, but I know one thing. I know Jesus is not walking in vertigo. And I know that we're in union with him. And I know that we walk as he walks. There's no vertigo in heaven. So I want to take authority over that spirit. Because we don't have time to be staggering around in this world. Amen. So I take authority over that spirit of vertigo. In Alan, in me, and anybody else. And I command that spirit of vertigo to go now in Jesus' name. I command you to go. All confusion, all that stuff to go in Jesus' name and leave now in Jesus' name to go. And I take authority over every spirit of infirmity here. I command it in the name of Jesus. This place is no place for you. And you go in Jesus' name. All, All those spirits, every one of them, we have authority over every single one of them in Jesus' name. And we command them to go now in Jesus' name. All of them. He gave us authority over all of them. And we don't have to put up with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been talking about our position for a good while. And I know Jesus spoke to my heart. He said, you've been a long time looking at what I've done for you. And you've been looking a long time at what I'm doing in you. But he says, I want you to see what I want to do through you. Because as he is, so are we now. And as we should walk, as he what? And as the Father sent me, so send I you. And he's wanting to move us into a realm of walking this thing out. Walking this thing out. Walking as he walked. You know, last week we talked about uh, when he washed the disciples' feet. And we saw the little footnote that said he did that. Because it was symbolic of a new covenant. He was affecting the way they walked. He was saying from this day on. You're going to walk in my inheritance. It's the way you walk. 
So the Bible says, see that you walk circumspectively. Walk right. And we're going to talk about walking in a minute. But I want to start here in Ephesians 1. Still got a little foundation stuff here I want to look at. Ephesians 1. <clears throat> Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints which at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ. Now, I want to center in on that in Christ thing. You know, I've mentioned it several times. But I want this thing to be so clear. When you see that word in Christ, that means you're in union with him. I want you to understand what that word in means. Now, it says this. Remember the word ice, into? We talk about into. That word is used so much. <clears throat> and there's a word, ek, that's out of. But it says this word stands between the two. En means remaining in place at rest, fixed position. You are in a fixed position in Christ, and you can't get out of it. Remaining in place. When you see in Christ, it means you are in him, he's in you, and it's not going to change. I don't care what this thing says. I don't care what happens around you. You are in the bubble. God puts you in the bubble. So when you see in Christ, I want you to see that's positional. And it doesn't change. Are we okay with that? Because I'm going to read some of those. He says, <clears throat> okay, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus who hath blessed us with how many spiritual blessings? Amen. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him. Did you get that in? Before when? The foundation of the world. I don't know how that works, but I know he chose us before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What does that mean? That means what it says. That when we're in his presence, we can come boldly to the throne of grace to find mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We don't have to crawl up there saying we're an old sinner. No, we're sons. We're daughters of the Most High. We have a brand new DNA. And he says this. We're without blame before him in love. What are we walking in? Agape. The love of God is what we're walking in, living in. Having predestined or predetermined us. Don't get all hung up on that word predestined. He has predetermined us to be like his son, it says in Romans 8. God has predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's why the Holy Spirit was sent here to conform us to the very image of Christ. Every day you're being conformed into the image of his son. Okay. Predestined us into the adoption of children or sons by Jesus Christ into himself is what that word to means. Into is the word. According to the good pleasure of his will, <coughs> to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us, say made us, made us. accepted. Highly favored, highly favored in the beloved. Amen. You are highly favored in the beloved, and there's not a thing you can do about it. So just get over it. You're highly favored. He made you highly favored in his sight, blameless, without spot in his sight. He did that through Christ. Amen. You're seated with him right now in heavenly places in Christ. Yeah. And it's not going to change. I may get to walk, and I may not get to the walk. I don't know. To the praise of the glory where he's made us accepted. 
You know, 1976, when he showed me all that rejection stuff, and he said, I died for all that, and you got no business hanging on to it, and it's a sin if you do. That's pretty clear. Sound like Marion told me that, black and white. And get over it. And he said, and I have made you, Ephesians 1, 6, highly favored, accepted in the beloved. And if I've made you highly favored and highly accepted in my presence, who can reject you? That was a question. And the answer was nobody. Because that's the root of every man that walks in this earth in Adam. He feels rejected. And he knows God put eternity in his heart. And there's some place in that where he should be back in that place of acceptance that he lost because of Adam. And God made you accepted and put you in Christ accepted. How much clearer is that? And there ain't a thing you can do about it or a thing you can do to get there but receive it. I didn't intend to do this, but I'm going to go on. In whom we have redemption. What is redemption? That means he paid the price completely for you. He paid it all for you. He redeemed you out of the hand of the devil. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. The riches. Wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. That prudence insight. To have insight with the Holy Ghost. Having made known unto us, past tense, the mystery of his will. What is this mystery? It's a secret. The secret of his will. He's made known the secret of his will to us. Okay. Well, what is that, Pastor? Okay, we'll look here. According to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of fullness of time, not times in the fullness of time. When Jesus died, it was the fullness of time. Fullness of an age. End of one, starting of another. He might gather together in one. That one is him. There's only one. Father, make them one as we're one. I give them the Holy Ghost so they'll know they're one. The love with which you have loved me I put within them that they may know that they are one. And the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? The Holy Ghost that he gave us. So that we know we are one. Say one. 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 Union. Union. Christ is not dizzy, Alan. Amen, I know it. All things in Christ. Look at this. In the dispensation, the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ. Apart from Christ, there is no things. Everything comes through Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him. In him or in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him that works all things after the counsel of his own will. Just what Kent just got through saying. Everything going on is going on according to God's will, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And you can rest in it. And the kings of this earth and everybody said, we don't want him ruling over us, says in Psalms. And it says that God sits in heaven and laughs. He's going to have them in derision. Well, just watch the world news if you want to see what derision looks like. 
but his kingdom will not be shaken. And he said, cursed is a man that trusted man. Don't look to the government or man to solve your problems. It says in Ezekiel 33 and 34, you need to read those two chapters. Woe is him that goes down to Egypt for help and trusts in the shadow of Egypt. Egypt's your government. It's a shadow. Don't trust in your government. You trust in the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will work out. So just enjoy it. All right. That we should be to the praise of the glory of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom after you trusted you were heard the word of truth of the gospel of your salvation in whom after you believed you were sealed Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. Not only sealed this way, but sealed this way. You double sealed. He's got his stamp on you and he's got cap on you in his bubble. You're sealed by the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus said, I got to go away. I got to go away. He's going to come back. And then the things that I do will you do and greater works will you do because I'm going everywhere doing them all at once through you. And in you. How can you be the deal like that? Which is the earnest of our inheritance. Earnest is the payment until. No, that's not until. That's delaying, distance and delay that John talks about. That word there is not until. It's that word in. Let me read it the way it should be. That in the age to come, I don't even like ages. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in, not through, in Christ. It's in. You're in Christ. You can't get out of him. It's so clear. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that faith's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Whose workmanship? His. Created in Christ Jesus. Wow. You see that? I got lost. Created in Christ, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works or into good works which God's had before ordained that we should, what's the little word? Walk in them. That's the word he's saying is the word is the word for the day. Walk in them. God has done all this in you so that your walk will be his walk. He said, take my yoke and learn me. I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. So if you're in that walk, it's not hard. The wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and compassion. That we should walk in this, walk you in this way. You'll hear a word, Isaiah said, behind you that says, this is the way. Walk you in it. When you turn to the right or you turn to the left. You know how you know which way to go? Follow peace. Follow your peace. For you shall go out with joy and be led with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth before you. And the singing and the trees of the field will clap their hands. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly is a good word. Oh, if it don't make you shout, there's something wrong with your shouter. Woo. Into the redemption of the purchased possession, into 
the praise of his glory. You're living in the praise of his glory. And his glory is his son. Wherefore, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and to all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayer, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of that glory, of his inheritance in the saints. He has an inheritance in you. You are his inheritance. Am I messing up the scriptures anywhere, Kent? Oh, man. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power into us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him his own right hand in heavenly places? And I want to tell you something. When he was raised, you were raised. When he sat down, you sat down. You were in him, and he was in you 2,000 and something years ago. When he went on that cross, you went on that cross. When he went in the grave, you went in that grave. Yes, when he went to hell, you went to hell with him. But when he was raised, you were raised. And you are seated together because there's only one body. It's his body, and you're a part of that body of Christ. That's the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel is what? No more Jew. No more Greek. No more Gentile. No more this. No more that. You're one. And if you're not in that one, you're outside. There's only one. There's one way. The acts the people will call the people of the way. That's what the church was really called. The people of the way. Jesus said narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom and few there be that find it few. There's a lot of people going to heaven when they die, but there's a lot of people not having much fun getting there. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Zoe life is suke zoe. What is that? It's soul life. You have God's soul, God's mind, God's will, God's emotion. That's the part of you that the devil don't want you to see. That you don't have to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine by the sly and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. <clears throat> but speaking the truth, you'll grow up into him, unto all things, who is Christ the head. Hallelujah. Ooh. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken. It'll make alive your mortal body that you have. It'll make it alive. You have the Holy Ghost living in you. What in the world is sickness doing there? Amen? Amen. Why is any of us battling this stuff when we have the Holy Ghost, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in us, and we're living in Him? Duh. And hath put all things under His feet, and gave Christ to be the head over some things to the church. All things, which is his body. Say, that's me. That's me. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. The fullness. You are the fullness. How much fuller can you get than you're full? Because it pleased Christ that in him should all the fullness dwell. And you are complete in him. What is the word? Complete means full. Finished. End of the story. 
That's your identity. That's your identity, which is body that feels all in all. And there it is. And you hath he quickened, made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you what? Walked. That's an interesting word. You walked according to the course of this world, the children of disobedience. And, and you walked as Gentiles walked in the vanity of their mind. But now walk in the spirit. You've been raised to walk in the newness of life. You got a new walk. When you walk, he walks. Why is it Jesus said you go into the town and they don't receive you? Shake that dust off of your walk and go on. Shake it off. Just walk on. Times past, you walked according to the course of this world. Listen, there's only two courses. He said, choose which course you want. Is that what the word said today? Choose you which course. Which walk do you want? And you know what? You can still walk the ways of the world. He ain't going to walk with you. The real you is going to walk over here in this one. But that walk over there will take your old soul and your old mind if you choose to go that way. But there's no life there. That's the first thing you're going to know when you're walking there. You lose your peace and your joy. Your righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost seems to be put on the shelf for a while as you're walking through the vanity of your mind. Having your senses darkened, being alienated from the life of God. See, the enemy's real good at alienating you from the life of God. You think, oh, well, he's over there somewhere. He's not bothering me. Oh, yes, he is. You know, it says in 2 Chronicles 21, it says Satan was standing against Israel. Satan. It doesn't use his name too much in the Old Testament. It says that Satan was standing against Israel, and he moved David to number the children of Israel. And he says, Joab, I want you to go out in all the land and take inventory, take a census of how many we got. And Joab said, this is not a good thing to do. And he says, are not all these God's people? So why do you want to number them as if they're your people? He said, this is not a good thing you're asking me to do. And David prevailed and said, do it anyhow. That's when all those thousands died. See, Satan moved David to what? Get possessive, look at what I got. See, you want to know why we never count? Do you know why we don't have membership? Because you're not mine. You're his. And when you start counting noses, counting or saying how many giving units do you have? That's the word now. I hate to say it, but that's the word they use now in big church. How many giving units do you have? How would you like to be a given unit instead of a son of God? I'm sorry this is on the worldwide news, but I'm going to say what I got to say. You're not mine. You've been bought with a price, so glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Amen. So anyhow, Satan 
moved David to number the children of Israel. And David had to choose which one of these plagues he wanted to, for what he did. They several thousand died. And then, while we're on it, let me, let me turn to 2 Corinthians. Oh, help me, Jesus. Chapter 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. This thing's going a lot different than I thought it would. Good. All right. Okay. You know the man in Corinthians that did the stupid thing in the flesh and, and Paul turned him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit might be saved the day of the Lord and the guy repented. And he says in verse 10, 2 Corinthians 2, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive it also. If I gave anything, I forgave it for your sakes and I did it in the person of Christ. In Christ's stead, I forgave. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we're not ignorant of his devices. What he's saying is, unforgiveness can put you into Satan's domain. That's why unforgiveness is so critical. Okay? Lest Satan get an advantage, for we're not ignorant of his devices. And you know 1 Peter 5, 8, because your adversary... As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may desire, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing the same affliction you're going through. Every one of your brothers is going through it. All of us are going through things together. But the God of all grace, after you have suffered for a little while, will make you perfect, strengthened, and settled. Amen. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Why? Because he's always out there trying to stop you or to get you off your walk. He, he wants to get you off your walk. Second Corinthians, while we're there, I want to look at church, chapter 11. I, don't, I just want you to realize you're confronted every day out there with this enemy. Now this here, <coughs> chapter, Second Corinthians chapter 11. Would to God that you could bear with me in a little folly indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin. Do you hear parts of Paul's heart? My little children of whom I travail in pain until Christ be formed in you. What are you saying? But I fear, lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. For if, he, for if he that cometh preach another Jesus, whom we've not preached, or receive another spirit, which you have not received, another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might bear well with him. <coughs> See, there's many antichrists out in the world today. Remember last two weeks ago he told me, he says, Anything that draws you away from the finished work of Christ, anything that adds to the finished work of Christ is a spirit of antichrist to pull you away. There is a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death, not life. See, and it works on your mind, trying to pull you, get your focus off the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the what? Author. And finisher. And what's so wonderful about it, 
When he died, he was the author and the finisher. He finished it. He started it and he finished it. And it's God that worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. God's at work in you. He gives you the desire and the ability to do his will. And a lot of times you don't even know you're doing it. Most of the time. Because if you walk in the spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What's he got to do with you walk? Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Redeeming the time. Okay. I just wanted you to see some of these. And another scripture. And, and, yeah, let's go there. I'm not going to get to the walk today anyhow. Gives me something to do next week. Zechariah chapter 3. Ooh. Woo. Zechariah chapter 2. I want to read verse 5. For I, for I saith, the Lord will be unto her as a wall of fire round about her, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Ooh, come on now. Verse 8. For thus saith the Lord God of hosts, after the glory has he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you. For he that touches you touches the apple of my eye. Come on. For behold, I will shake mine upon thine hand of them, and they shall be spoiled to their servants. And you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing, rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in the midst of you, saith the Lord. Where is he going to dwell? With you? Or in the midst of you? In the midst of you. And many nations, say that's me, shall be joined Union Amen. to the Lord in that day. What day? It all goes back to that day. This is that. This is that day. And shall be my people. And I will dwell in the midst of you. And thou shalt know that the Lord of hosts has sent me unto you. And the Lord shall inherit Judah, his portion in the holy land. And shall choose Jerusalem again. Be silent, all flesh. So tell your flesh to be silent. There's times when you just need to say, flesh, be silent. Be quiet before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. And the Lord showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan. Even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this the branch plucked out of the fire? That sounds like Jude, doesn't it? And the, and the angels did not bring a railing accusation, but just said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you. That's all you have to say. Now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he, answer, and he answered and spoke to those that stood by him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thine iniquity to pass from thee. I've what? Caused your iniquity to pass from you, and I will clothe you with an exchange of raiment. I'm going to take off those filthy garments, and I'm going to clothe you with the robe of righteousness. 
And there's a few in Sardis, Revelation, that has not defiled those garments. And they shall walk with me in white. Do you know, I told John this, I think I preached a message on that one time. Don't defile these garments. You know how you defile these garments? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? When you start trying to add anything or take anything away, you're spoiling your garments. It seems right. What's wrong with it? Just a little leaven. You know, rat poison's 99% good food. Just one little percentage can kill you. Have not defiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white. See, this, your walk's important, that we should walk as he walked. Okay, where did I get to? Okay, exchange. I wrote exchange in there. If you got change, just change it. There's a lot of places where I put EX in front of change. And I said, let them set a fire mitre upon his head. So they set a fire mitre upon his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel stood by him, said and to Joshua, verse 7, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my charge, then thou shalt judge my house. And thou shalt keep my courts, and I will give you the place to walk. The place to do what? Woo! Among them that stand by. Hear now, O Joshua the high priest, and, and thy fellows that sit before you, for they are men wondering at. For behold, I will bring forth my servant the branch. Ah. The branch. That's your clothing, huh? It's even capitalized. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone, now shall be seven eyes. And behold, I will engrave the gravings thereon, saith the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. Guess what day that was? On that great day. Most important day in human history. That day. This is that day which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And all my servants and handmaids will I pour out on my spirit. And they'll make you one. The Holy Ghost is here. So I want to say something. As pastor of this church, the Holy Ghost is in charge of what's going on here. Because the Holy Ghost is Christ. That's why Jesus said... That's why he was grieved when he said, I've got to go. Because if I don't go, I can't come back and comfort you. I'll not leave you as orphans. I'm coming back. And he says, and I'm coming back to you. You got to look at that. He said, I will not leave you orphans. I'm going to send another one just like me. And the next verse says, and I will come to you and make my abode in you. Now he wants to make his abode through you. And the Lord went with them, confirming their words with signs following. Every poor you put the sole of your feet shall be yours for an inheritance. Joshua, your walk's important. So next week we'll talk about the walk. Stand.
The Lord blesses you. The Lord is keeping you. The Lord is making his face to shine upon you and in you and through you. And he's lifting up his countenance upon you and has given you his peace that passes all understanding. And he has blessed you with every spiritual blessings in high places in Christ Jesus. And he's made you kings and priests to the Lord our God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.